0: Welcome to the BTOsports.com RacerX Podcast presented by Fox Racing. BTOsports.com, brand new website, mobile phone friendly, best prices around for anything you need for your biker body. You can use the code PULPMX to save yourself money. Proud sponsors of the BTO Sports KTM team of Andrew Short and... Dun-dun-dun! Justin Brayton. Although it's not officially announced. Whoa. But soon it will be. Whoa. Whoa. And... Uh, Fox Racing, of course, what more can you say about Fox Racing? The uh, uh, global innovation leader for motocross racewear, continuing the relentless pursuit to innovate and elevate. 2015 products are out now. V3 helmet with MIPS technology, airspace goggle, 360 racewear, foxhead.com, or visit your local authorized Fox dealer. As usual, I'm your host, Steve Mathis. With me on the line, my boss, the RacerX online editor, the ruler of everything with his iron fist, the Jason Wygant. Notice I did not say Voice of Motocost anymore. You are, you are no longer the Voice of Motocost. I
1: shed a tear. I had my 12 weeks of glory. You did. Uh, I will have one last shot at something doing the uh, Red Bull Street Rhythm in two weeks. But that's all I got for, seriously, between now and May.
0: That is, um, that's on TV later on? Yeah, we're actually, you can watch it. Li- it'll be a live thing
1: on the web, I guess, on one of the Red Bull sites or something. You can watch the whole thing three hours live that Saturday for free on the internet. But it's being packaged up as part of their signature series, which is only on NBC once a month. So, yeah, it's like December 20th that it's on TV. But if you're in the know, you can watch the whole thing live that day.
0: But you wouldn't be on the live feed because that's probably the live announcers, or are you both?
1: No, we're both. We're not even sure how they're going to do the TV show. Like, okay. right now all we're working on is this live show. Yep, And then they might... I, I'm assuming that maybe they bring me and the other announcer in again like a month later to just cut a few little extra things yeah. to turn that three-hour live show into a one-hour TV show. Yeah, you would think they, like that
0: they, they wouldn't work just taking the live audio from the event and putting it on TV. That wouldn't work. So
1: No, I've had to do this before because Red Bull packages things a lot of different ways. Like one year, one year for Loretta, it was me and our, our buddy Dub Dub from Verb, and it was like, Okay, so we had Sal Masakela on one show, but then internationally he couldn't be used for some reason. So I had to just cut audio saying thanks, and then I had to cut another one and say thanks a lot, Sal, <laughs> and to, to make like five versions of the same show. Just little transitions. So I might have to fly to California just to do that. Um, I don't
0: know. Yeah. Well, when you do that, you can come on the pulp show. Boom. Done. Ooh. Yeah. Um, yeah, I like it. All right, so this this pod, we, I had to dust off my podcast equipment. Literally, just dust it off. It was full of dust because it's been a while since <laughs> we've done one of these. Um, and actually, actually, and I've been trying to get you some stuff uh, well, again, but I got three guys that I'm trying to do podcasts with, and they, 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 it's like trying to, you know, it's, it's like it's like the podcasts are the shells, and the guests are those little orange balls underneath, or the little orange ball underneath, and I'm I, they're moving. A homeless man is moving them around. And I have to guess where the orange ball is under which shell, and I'm guessing wrong because it's constantly moving. These guests are constantly moving around. I, I can't, I can't make it work. So what, what
1: is the homeless man thing? I don't even get
0: it. Yeah, the, you know, the, you you give the dollar to the homeless man. You got to guess where the ball underneath which shell it is. No, never seen I that. Have no idea. What that okay, is. all right, never is mind. A TV show? Is a TV? What is that? No, no, it's like real life. Like on the side of a street, there's homeless men who play these games in New York where you they put a little huh. ball underneath, like, a, a shell or a half shell, and they move it around, and you have to guess it. Never mind. Huh. Uh, never mind.
1: I know um, it's one of my favorite stories. We went to a Broadway show in New York a couple of years ago. My wife and I, my mom wanted us to see this show real bad. And we spent, you know, you spent like $100 right. a ticket or something like that. So between the three of us, like, this whole afternoon overall, it was like a four or $500 thing. <laughs> right. And it, it, it,
0: What's that? I said, yeah, this is already causing you much pain.
1: Yeah, Much Pain. And it's a show, uh, it actually came out as a movie. Uh, what the heck was it called? Rock of Ages came out as a movie oh, yeah, like yeah. last year. Yep. So it's all based around these 80s uh, uh, metal hits. Really good stuff. And then they make some of their own songs. They're like, too. really cool. You know, you're paying $100 for top-of-the-line entertainment musical. You're never going to get better than that. Uh-huh. Uh, we leave the building, and there's one of these. Uh, That's what they have in New York City. It's like they steal CDs and like sell them. Right. So they lay out a sheet on the ground, and it's like as soon as they see a cop, they just grabbed the sheet and carry it around so the cops don't know that they were selling illegal stuff on the side of the yeah. uh, sidewalk. Right. So we leave the building, and the guy is singing this jingle, the like homeless man that's selling this stuff. And the jingle was so incredibly catchy that like six years later, I still remember it. Still stuck in my head. <laughs> and I was singing it all the way home, and I'm like, we just paid $100 effing dollars ticket to watch a Broadway show, and the song that's stuck in my head... Is the homeless man selling fake CDs on the sidewalks? Mm-hmm. He's jingle. That's the one that stuck can, in my head.
0: Can we get the jingle? A one day sale. 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 <laughs> Got it. <laughs> wow, it's pretty unique. Pretty original. <laughs> it was actually uh, in my head. Today. <laughs> um. Well, so we're going to do a pod. Where the hell are we now? We're going to do a pod on the Motocross the Nations, and then uh, some some silly season stuff that's already been uh, officially announced, and uh, like Barsha and Pike to JGR, and Justin Hill to KTM, and and maybe the KTM to TLD, all those guys. But first, let's talk about Motocross, Motocross the Nations. I leave tomorrow, so by the time you people are listening to this, I will be on a plane going to Latvia. Why again you are not going uh, once again? But... Um USA now two two straight losses. Look the the Lomo loss 2 years ago that broke the string I think of eight eight wins in a row. Um not surprising at all. Um the many of the top European riders ride Lomo um week in and week out. They practice there. The uh, it's deep deep sand uh which we don't really ride very much here. It's not like Southwick, it's worse than that. And Right from Saturday practice, lap one, the Americans were in trouble and you could see it. And to just make the podium was, was a good job and uh, and all that, but they lost. Okay, no biggie, whatever. Moving on. Uh, last year's, though, Germany, Teuschenthal track, um, they just got beat. They just got beat. And um, there's some good rides put in by riders that were not American to come th- from the back and ride great to Belgium 1. Um, and... Uh, they full they fully deserved it. Like in the past, you would you know you would see the American guys come up from the back and get bad starts and crash, and they would rip through the pack. And most times, the Americans were the fastest guys there, and they were deserving of um, the title because they are the three strongest riders. Not, they may not be overall winners, but as a three-man team, the USA, the depth's incredible, and they can they can uh, pick three riders that can win but look last year I was there they got beat they got beat bad so should be interesting to see why Gant uh, if America can rebound what's your thoughts on the two year loss two year losing streak now for Team USA and, and, and I mean what do you think about them going into this year and, and is I don't feel like the USA losing is that big of a deal many people do though what, what say you oh
1: Oh yeah, many people do. Um, there's, it's I forget sometimes um, how crazy people get on the, the nationalistic thing, because what's tough for me is and you too. It's basically our job to be unbiased, right? To not root for any particular outcome of an event. Like that's our job as journalists to not be biased.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, you know, we make jokes about Ferry or Brighton or whatever, but you know when it comes down to brass tacks, we try to just call it as we see it. And that's what people want, except for all of a sudden, when you get to donations, people completely and totally lose their minds. And then it's like, like I guarantee you, people were talking crap to you when America got beat, and you're not even American, let alone rooting. You're not wearing an American shirt. No. You're not claiming you're part of the team, but it happens, right?
0: Well, I'm... And I, I get a little bummed out, and I've seen this year after year. Like, some journalist friends of mine and some just media guys that I know are... You know, very happy when USA loses over there. And I'm like, kind of like, who cares? Like, I just want to see a good race. We're not supposed
1: to care. We're not supposed to care. We're not allowed to care. It's not our job to care. That's for the fans.
0: I mean, I pull for Canada, but only like, but I guarantee if Canada was a world power like USA, I'd be like, eh, whatever. I just pull for them because they're the ultimate underdogs and and this and that. But at the end of the day, like, it it really doesn't matter to me whether USA wins or loses. I made a comment to Bones Bacon. Uh, the PC suspension guy after Lomo about like, hey man, uh, what are you gonna do? It was a good race. It was an exciting race, anyways, because Hurlings came from you know dead last to second, and and he he looked like he wanted to bite my head off. And I, he's on the team, but I think he was like looking at me like, why are you? How, you should be cheering for us. You should be depressed like all of us. And I'm like, huh? Eh, I'm not depressed. Where's the after party? You know?
1: Yeah. Like I think under any circumstances, any normal race, that's something that people respect out of us that we try to treat everyone even-handedly good or bad. But suddenly at this race, everyone loses their minds. And, I, get, I mean, it's just a nationalistic thing. And I've got to remind myself of that. Like, I wrote a story about uh, Roxon a couple of weeks ago about him. Like, people just think of Roxon as Ken Roxen. It's not, you don't hear, he's German, he's German, he's German right. every weekend. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's
1: not like Christophe Purcell cannot escape being French. The French part gets brought up nonstop. Mm-hmm. I feel like all year people just thought it's Dungeon Rocks, and it was never an American against a European. You didn't really hear that. But, man, when I wrote about it, all of a sudden the people in the comment section, and we know the race, race comment section, very, very, very level-headed. Yes. People were flipping out, and it somehow still turned into, it's like, hey, now that you mention different countries, we have no choice but to flip out.
0: <laughs>
1: Euro versus America, what does this say for GPs? What does it say for nationals? What does it say that? So that's the way the nation says it. If the United States loses, it is going to be a big deal. It doesn't matter what you or I think. It is huge. Now, to go to your original question, what does the last two years mean? I understand, yeah, Lommel was maybe a – I don't want to use the word outlier because people use that incorrectly. That's not what the word outlier means. Uh, it's an anomaly. It's a weird track, different circumstances. Maybe that was just on that particular track any year the United States would have got beat, although I – still think it was a sign of weakness. I still wonder, would Ricky Carmichael have gotten lapped if they raced on a sand track? Would Stanton have gotten lapped? I still think it was a sign. Even though the Euros had a huge advantage there, I still think it was a sign that the GP riders are really stepping up when it comes to this event. 2011, I mean, the United States won, but it was tight. I mean, Villapoto had to go out and kill that last moto. Purcell got a flat. It was tense. And then last year, again, no real the track was fairly even around the board. Mm-hmm. Nothing like Lommel. United States got beat again. So I think, compared to, say, what did the win streak start? I think 2005. Yeah. Uh, I think there's been a big change. And now the United States can only end up winning the event for the most part on the general consistency of having three solid guys. When we have a guy injured, we have enough backup where it doesn't really matter. Um, you know, we don't even have Villapoto on the team this year, and no one's even thinking about it. But when Belgium loses, to Saul, it's huge. Yeah, but I feel like the United States now can win just because we have so many riders to pull from. It's consistent and solid. But going out there and just dominating motos,
0: uh, it hasn't, I feel like that's changed. I don't think that happens now. It hasn't happened for a while. It hasn't happened exactly. for a while. The, now, what's weird, though, is um, now if you were to take the motocross nations and move it to America... I predict just like well, Denver was tight until the last moto, but uh yep. I predict you know the Americans would win their classes if the race was in America for the most part, they almost all would um but so they're because of the the advantage of just being in America and being comfortable with the track and, and, and you know being at home and all that so the i I kind of think the opposite goes true to the euros as far as individual class wins. You know what I mean? Those guys are on their soil. They're on their, their tracks that they're familiar with, and, you know, they haul ass anyways. So, you know, for them to win the overall classes in the European destinations is similar to us. I think there's an advantage for the Europeans. That's what I say. I think there's an advantage, and, yeah. that's, and that's fine. And,
1: yeah, and I think what happened was there was a time where the United States was so superior in this event. Okay, now people are going to start freaking out when I say this. But during the during like that thirteen year win streak, I mean, the, the, I guess Supercross and things like that just pushed Americans so far ahead that it didn't matter who they put on what bike, what country, what track, what the weather was.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And you saw when they had US GPs here as well; they were just untouchable, and you almost didn't even realize the advantage that the Europeans had racing. In Europe, because it okay, maybe it was a different team. Mm-hmm. America went four of six motos instead of six out of six. Yeah. But now you're definitely seeing, like, to win any moto at all now, it's very, very hard. They didn't win either, yeah. any motos the last two years. And like I said, 2011, they barely pulled it out, only because Villapoto is a freaking animal when it comes to crunch time. Yeah. And then you can just tell the last moto, 2011, he's like, I'm getting the whole shot. And I have to, I'm just going to kick these dudes ass. I have to do it. But that's the only motor they've won. So it's definitely tipped. and I agree you're right. If yeah. they were holding these in America, obviously there would be some
0: yeah.
1: advantage switching the other way, just how they prep the tracks and what they're familiar with. But, hey, those are – um, that's how they play. In the United States won 120 sometimes in Europe. It's not an excuse. They can get it done.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, and you talk about, um, you know, taking – uh, the nabias side uh, our, our third uh, amigo there jason thomas was not able to do that very well last year very very angry as ryan dungie was slipping backwards as barsho's momentum from in that third noto from uh, a bad start from a first turn crash wasn't really wasn't really working very very angry jt just he is uh
1: i'm not saying i was totally not emotional about it at all but I feel like I have to kind of check that out the door if you want to do your no. job right. But, man, not there. I do know it does suck for us from a business purpose, for one thing. During the offseason, there aren't that many races to cover. And this is a big one. So you want to cover the crap out of it. But when Team USA loses, eventually people just start emailing us and tweeting us. And just say, just stop writing about this. Yeah, you don't want to read. It's,
0: it's bizarre, right?
1: It's about race anymore. It's yeah. bizarre.
0: Yep. I, I don't get that. And, oh, by the way, too, when you um... – when you're down there at the race covering it and Team USA loses, which they have the last two years, like, it's a different atmosphere, man. It's – I mean, the country that won is happy and partying, but it, uh, USA guys are super bummed and no one's really, you know, happy to do much of anything. And it's uh, – like, it's it's a different uh, – maybe it's just because I'm around those guys and everything, but it's a different feeling for sure when USA loses. Um, and even, well, okay. even I, you can't take it any way from the team. If the team loses, they no, should feel that way. That's no, no, but every time USA it's loses, ev- here's here's my every time USA loses, yeah. the after party gets out of hand with riders from all other countries, all partying and everything else late into the night after the race. The one team if USA when when team Team USA loses, yeah, you don't really see that. Everybody, I mean, the the one country that that wins usually finds a place to party, but everyone else kind of just packs up and goes home. It's really weird, man. Like, it's like the other countries are, like, bummed, too. The whole event changes. It does. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. In terms of the after party and the feeling after the race, it's really weird. So Wow. Um, wow. Now, the one thing about USA, they got, I mean, again, their favorite, I think, coming in this year. You've got to look at the, ra- the riders that are out right now. Um, Germany doesn't have Roxon. He's uh, switching teams, and he has a visa issue. Um, Lupino is out uh, from Italy. Uh, De Sal and De Diker are out from Belgium. And, by the way, Chase Dallo did this little print primer that will be on the site, I think, yeah. uh, maybe tomorrow or Matt whatever. Matt
1: just down as well. So without him and there Germany Germany's done. Germany's um,
0: done. Ferris and Metcalf Harris. are out for, for Australia. Yep. Um the French guys, uh, they're setting a decent team, but they probably could be a little better with Muscan. I feel. Um, so things are shaping up, Wygant, to look pretty good for the U.S. just because of all the injuries.
1: Yeah, and that's what I said, I think that's the difference now. Um, they can still win, but it's more just based on the overall solidity of the effort. It's not like the United States hasn't been hit by injuries. Like I said, Brian Villapoto can't race. Right. He might be our best guy. He's out with a knee injury, but you don't even really think about that that way because there's so many other good riders that it's not like we're dead this year. Yeah. We don't have the Lapoto. but when Desall goes out, man, that really hurts Belgium big time. Mm-hmm. So that's how they're going to end up winning. I guess we need to give a little credit last year to Eli Telmack. He nearly did do you know, kind of the old school that you expected. Where I mean, he almost ate everybody alive on a 250F from the back. Two motos. He almost outright won a moto and did it on a 250. You know the speed was there, no doubt.
0: Yeah, no. If Eli, uh, if Eli had gotten, yeah. if Eli had gotten second or first, um, yeah, behind Roxon in that one moto that he that he did the Superman USA wins.
1: Yeah, yeah, and I'm saying that, the, the speed was there. Where that moto mm. he did to the Superman, he might have won the moto. Yeah, and then we wouldn't be saying yeah. do not even win motos anymore. Yeah. like, but that's the only real sign of that they're fast enough to just blow dudes away. Otherwise, it's like, man, I hope they can get a third and a fourth out of this next moto, and everybody else has a weak rider. So so I think they can still win this, but it's really based more on the other teams don't have depth. Everyone deals with injury. When the United States loses to they can still plug in a really solid guy. When Belgium loses to Saul, uh, they're in big trouble.
0: Yeah, and uh, so definitely I like the USA's chances. Um, more because of the injuries to the other teams. We just have more depth. The USA just has more depth. And once again, I'm confused yeah. on whether I should say we, they. I don't know where I am in this strange world. I, I've almost lived in the U.S. longer than I did in Canada. But, you know, I still feel Canadian, yeah. so I don't know what I should say. I have no idea. Um, yeah, same
1: here. Same here. I mean, I'm from the United States, but I'm not on the team. Yeah, Um you know. Although, Although uh, I will say, um, there were a couple of years where they announced the team at uh, Loretta's, mm-hmm. and uh, Scott Taylor and, and Carmichael, they were driving that bus for a while, kind of the heads of the team. And uh, in the official team prep, pep rally at Loretta's, Scott Taylor said, we need all the industry people and fans that come over for our support. And then they named off a bunch, of, you know, we need the Pagios and the johnny O's, the, you know, Bankers, we, we need all those guys, we need the Wygants over here. And I'm like, what? <laughs> <laughs> what the hell would I have to
0: do with it? Right. Well, judging by the podium My shots, would be so good. I'd
1: pump them up. Like, what?
0: judging by the podium <laughs> shots, uh, it looks like a lot of people were on In Team House. USA for many, many years. So, um, I like they—they they haven't for a couple of years now. Team USA has not had the uh, Team USA compound per se, like they did for a number of years. I didn't like that. Oh. I, I didn't I didn't think that was they many times they would, you know, Big John bring over Big John for security and all three USA guys would be in one spot. one year there was TARPS covering the team USA pit. You know, and I'm like, really? Like this is where we're at? Now they haven't done that for a few years. Now now it's like the Honda guys are with Martin and Cowie guys are with C L S and, you know, Rinaldi has a Yamaha guys or whatever. That's much better than the way it's you, I didn't like the way the USA sort of invited invited scorn by having their own pit and blocking it off from anybody seeing it. You know? so
1: Yeah, I don't know if there's a, an answer to that one. I mean, you can see it both ways. You know, are you with the team you're on or are you with the manufacturer that you're racing for? The race is just weird, so it's hard to really say yeah. what's the best, um, best way to do that. I mean, at the same time, it would be weird to pit right next to someone that you have to beat.
0: They, I know that, that. That's how they've been doing you know, it, though. Know, that's how they've been doing it.
1: You know? Yeah, but I'm not saying that it was necessarily wrong for Team USA to all pit with each other. I mean, it's a team race, much more so than any other event. Mm. So to have the team not hitting together seems a little weird.
0: No, no, I don't like it. No. Um, no. Hey, Ryan Dungey, I don't. You know, it's great that he's going and he's gone every year, and the guy steps up, but he he's got to get a little better. He does. I don't. I don't see the Ryan Dungey of America at these races. I haven't seen it for a couple of years. Now, I'm not saying he should, he's just the best rider in the world. He should take off and win the race by 20 seconds. But he hasn't been the Ryan Dungey for a couple of years. And I don't know why. I wonder why. I, I have no idea. But I think he's got, I think Dunge has, he needs a big dis to sort of answer some people.
1: Yeah, I think you're right. And it's almost unfortunate for him because as I wrote when they announced the team, at one point, we all know that Dungy was planning on not going. Mm-hmm. Um, he said that was never that was never the case. We know that was definitely the case at one point. He yeah. was not going. Right. Uh, somewhere along the way, I think honestly, Ryan's just a nice guy, and he doesn't want to piss people off. And so when you voluntarily don't go and you're not hurt, it gets people angry. And he wants to be cool and be on it. And what he gets for that is now he has to deal with the pressure. Yeah. <laughs> Every year being the main guy uh, again. I, I, I said this two years ago in Lommel. Like, what if Villapoto had been on the team in Lommel? He managed to escape. I mean, they were so outclassed in that sand. I, I really doubt that Villapoto would have been so much faster than Barsha or Dungy that he would have won the Motos when they were getting being mm-hmm. pretty fat. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Like, was he going to beat Hurlings and Crowley? No. But we'll never know. He didn't even race it. Right. So right. Dungy takes all the heat, Villapoto escapes. So Dungy, by going every year, all he's going if he gets fourth in a moto again, no one's gonna say, Hey, thanks for going. They're just gonna say, You sucked again, you blew it for us again.
0: Well, I mean that he is the M X one rider. You know, he is the yeah. star of the show. Yeah.
1: That's that's Exactly. You know? So he does it he's trying to do the right thing by going, but he's not gonna get rewarded for that. If he no showed, he wouldn't have to deal with any of it and I really think he was considering that at one point. Like, dude, I've had to deal with this pressure for oh, six well- years and the last two, it sucked.
0: If he no showed, though, I would, I would totally understand it. Got a wedding coming up. He's done it six years in a row, I think. Yeah. Go yeah. ahead, dude. You can take it off. You know. Um, plus, like, let's not forget, coster kind of backed the bus over him last year at the, the at, at the Rays, and and you know what? Hey, I agreed with some of what Roger said, and it was great for us media guys to hear that. But if I'm Ryan, I'm like, dude, I do not need this. I do not need this for the, for my effort, you know. So That's my point. Yeah. He's doing
1: it. I think he really at one point didn't want to go, and then he feels like I need to do it to do the right thing. But it's not going to be. No one is going to appreciate him doing the right thing unless he wins, which is hard. If he wins, then awesome. But yeah. doing the good deed of like, all right, I don't want to do it, but I'm going to do it for my country. No one is going to say thank you for doing it for your country unless he wins. <laughs> He'll get w- the bus back over him again?
0: I was getting texts from uh, a certain number two Kawasaki rider during the oh, moto oh. last year, during oh, yeah. the moto, saying about how you know <laughs> how things would be different if he was there. Let's just say there's probably probably a few F-bombs I'm leaving out. But, um, yeah, good times.
1: Hey, there's a certain – and that's why I brought up uh, the 2011 race. Um, I mean, there's a certain something to that. I I don't know if anyone ever says that Jeff Stanton is the all-time best motocross rider in the history of the world. I mean, we know he's an all-time great. Mm -hmm. But there's something about him and stepping up under pressure and doing it like going out of your mind into this zone that he had
0: there were two He like
1: went to another level in the crunch time
0: there were two rides at uh, two consecutive years where he was the man and our guy damon bradshaw was not the man no Uh, um, it really
1: shows how different riders i think it's just a high pressure event and you're in a weird atmosphere and I think some guys thrive on it, and some guys don't, mm-hmm. and it really shows. And that's why I bring up Filippoto and Eleven. I feel like they struggled in the first two motos, and Filippoto was able to just put that in the corner and just say, "I've got to beat these mofo's now." Right. And he managed to you know, get it done for thirty minutes. Where I think some riders have that, some guys don't. it's just, it's, it's a lot different than what mm-hmm. you see week to week.
0: I still like USA to win. I still do this year because of those injuries. I think, they, I think they're going to win. I did not think they were going to win Lomo yeah, Lomel, I, and I thought last year was a toss-up, uh, but I do think they're going to win this year. So,
1: how about... Yeah, these other teams have really been weakened. I mean, the Belgian you know. team nearly won at Lomel. They had the exact same team last year, mm-hmm. and they did win. I mean, it was hard to argue. They were solid. Like, when they put it all together, you're like, yeah, Dude, I can see that.
0: I can't tell you how many but. times I've been going to the Des Nations and it doesn't matter who is on the Belgium team. There will be guys that I really don't know that much about. Belgium in this event is always strong. I would love to know the last time they finished outside the top five. I don't think I, right. I think it's been been decades. Right? Uh,
1: there, you know, you it brings up one other factor that I've thought about in the past. Where, like I said, there's years where a Team USA win, They've won a lot, obviously. Some years they win because they're just faster. They just have more talent, whatever track's good for them. But in those other years where, honestly, they win, like I said, with consistency, and mm-hmm. other teams seem to have bad luck. Yeah. And the Song remember, he crashed in the first turn, the last moto, last year, and pulled his shoulder out, and you're like, here we go. Yep. Belgium had this dumb racing luck. Like, like, Team USA hardly ever, they don't get The guys never get hurt. The bikes rarely blow up. I mean, it's happened here and there. Yeah. Um, and I was starting to wonder, I'm like, this can't be a coincidence that the other teams end up blowing it with just pure bad luck, 1st turn crashes, injuries. I mean, it goes on and on. The guys get hurt in practice. Mm-hmm. Never happens to the American team. And part of the thing that makes me wonder is, uh, since for most of these teams winning is rare, and, oh, my God, we're going to beat Team USA is rare, do they get extra nervous or is there extra pressure, like when it gets down to that final moto? Does that affect things?
0: Yeah, I don't know. Good question. Or is it just uh, yeah, I, it's hard to think it's coincidence when you see it year after year with different countries. You know.
1: You know what I'm talking about, right? Yeah. Doesn't it yeah. seem like every year you're yeah. like, there's one, and uh, I don't see how this could be from pressure. But that 2011 race when France was trying to win, yeah, I think Porcel passed Dungy for second and got a flat tire.
0: You got a flat, yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. What? Um, uh, obviously, that can't be nerves, but it just.
1: It just seems like junk like that happens a lot. Yep. I've seen USA's in a few.
0: Barca got stuck in a fence. <laughs> but, yeah, Chuck Stone had to help out. Chuck Stone had to Uh. Yeah, you know what? And So let's talk about some other countries here. Um. You know who I think could be a real sleeper is Great Britain. Um, yes, that's I. I pick. I, re- I really think they're going to do well. Okay.
1: I think it would be impossible to say that the Americans aren't the favorites, just like you said, Mm
0: -hmm. because of injuries
1: to the other teams, et cetera, et cetera. Across the board, three guys, consistent results. Mm -hmm. They seem to be the faves. But let's say anything can happen in racing, right? Mm -hmm. Let's say something terrible happens. Jeremy Martin's motor blows up twice. They're out. Look at this list and try to figure out who could win. I think the Brits could easily win it.
0: Yeah, yeah, I agree. Yeah, Simpson had a good year this year. Uh really came on strong. Searle is always good at those nations. He always rides yeah. well. And of course Dean Wilson. Um, you know, he's gonna be good also. Uh I, I well, he'll be on the four fifty and uh, Dean, we know Dean's fast. Can but, you speed. know. So can work with speed. We can work with speed. We can work with speed. I can work with speed. Um I I think they could do it. I, I do. I think they're good. I think Italy will be good. Um Philip Hart's probably the weaker link, uh, getting up there in age and not quite as fast as he used to be. I love the fact that Caroli's riding MX two. Me too. Yeah, like that. None of our guys would do that, and that's too bad. You know. Uh, you know, it's cool.
1: Uh, it's obviously cool, but uh, it's not. It's not just the cool factor. As a strategy for the race, I think it's brilliant because for some reason. I don't know when, like eight years ago or so. I guess when 250F started to come in. The, the points your team gets are just where you finish in the moto overall, which mm-hmm. is really unfair. The 250 guys aren't scored against 250 guys. They're just scored wherever they finish.
0: Yeah, I don't like They used uh, to be the other way. I like it better the other way.
1: Well, yeah, it really ends up being the whole event really comes down to your 250 guy. I mean, why do you think Germany has done so well lately? They had a 250 guy that won the 250 class every year, and you know, a lot of the times he would, say, get second in the moto, and the next 250 guy would get, like, ninth. Yeah, yeah. And instead, in the old days, that would have been Roxen got first. That would have been one point because he won his class, and then the next 250 guy got second. So, yeah. But now it's two points to Roxen, nine points <laughs> yeah. to the other team. Yeah. I don't know why they do it that way. But anyway, let's say Crowley goes down and wins both of his motos overall on 250. It's, uh, it's like in baseball when you have a catcher who can hit, like you just assume the catcher sucks. Right. And if you can have a catcher who can hit, it's such a massive advantage. I think that I, I, they should do that all the time. Everybody should think about that. I think you put your best guy on the 250 because, man, if he wins a moto, it's a good chance the second 250 guy is going to be way back there.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't yeah. – You've got to be something
1: special to win a moto on a 250F.
0: Oh, yeah. No, I, I agree, and I, I, I don't think our guys would do it. I, I, I mean I don't know I guess they're not asked or whatever but I don't know if our guys would do it. Uh, I asked Ryan, Ryan Vilpoto one time to do it if he would do it and he he swore at me and said I'm an idiot. But because I was saying we should send Don Stew and RV. Boom, just drop that on everybody. Can you imagine? No. Oh, just just do that. Just re- are Worth it. <laughs> um. Uh. But I love I love uh, Caroli doing that. It's awesome and it should be good to see how he can do. I'm sure he'll be right up there and. Uh, you know, definitely he'll he'll be in the mix. I think uh, with with Italy, just because, like you said, the two fifty guy will will have so much of an advantage. Um, and uh, home team Latvia. I don't know why Latvia doesn't have um, Erki Karo on the team. I don't know what happened there. <laughs> oh wait, no wait. He's, is he Estonian or is he Latvian? He's uh, not on either remember. team. He's
1: not he, he's not on the Estonian team either.
0: No, I think he's Latvia. Or maybe no, you know what? He's Estonian. He's Estonian. But he's not on the team.
1: But he's not from Cairo.
0: No, no, he's not. Um, Georgia or Egypt? uh, Well, we have we do have Puerto Rico, Lemay and Martin, and 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 the real Puerto Rican that always drags them down. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Um,
1: What else? Uh, 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 I'm trying to think of some other teams. You know, who else um, could actually be good this year is is Switzerland, and it would kind of be fitting. They've really been on the rise the last couple of years. Yep. You know, individually, uh, a bunch of Rogers doing a bunch of good things. So, wouldn't surprise me at all. Tonus has healed up; he's back. He did well at the last GP. Yep. So we know that guy's good. I mean, he could have been MX2 champ this year. Eod um, you know, and see where they have had success too. That I mean, sleeper to the point where a bunch of teams have problems and they win. I don't know about that, but yeah. I think they do really well.
0: Well, wow, the, the 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 biggest thing they have is they have uh, three MX2 guys. And so they're putting two guys on four fifties. And so how do they adapt to that? And how, and how yeah. do how do how they, they figure adapt? that out? Um
1: Yeah. Yeah, they got a young that they may be um most of the Tonus is actually like the veteran of <laughs>
0: Switzerland. Yeah. yeah, really, right?
1: They're like two three years away. They got a lot of guys in the in the ranks coming up. Should be interesting, like a couple years for them.
0: Um New Zealand, uh long way away from the Ben Townley, um Daryl Hurley days. And the King Go King brothers and the King brothers they're 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 uh, yeah. younger. Um, Australia, I don't know. I don't know much about this Luke Clout guy. Uh, Matt Moss is okay, and Reed hasn't ridden for a month. He's been literally on vacation for a month. <laughs> yes, literally. Yes, literally on vacation for a month. Um, <laughs> so we'll see how those guys how those guys can do. Although Reed's a gamer, he, he you know he, he can step it up. Um, He's done well, I think. Uh, Reed's
1: drives are underrated. He's got, he's won a couple motos yes. at this event, yep. before, which gets kind of forgotten because he usually only has one good one and one bad one, and the team yep. doesn't win. But
0: yep.
1: yeah, he's a gamer. But then again, it was um, remember that first race he had in a Suzuki, yeah. And you told me that was not him. I There's I don't no know way that was Chad. <laughs>
0: I don't know what happened. That was in England. Yeah, that was. I don't know with who that was. I don't know what's going on with that race. Um, I think Mikhailov. Yeah, I think that been good. And, I think yep. Mikhailov and Bobrovshov are out for Russia. Yep. So yep. that's going to be tough. Yeah, yeah that's going to be tough for the for the for the Ivan Dragos to to do anything. Um, if if Canada beats Ireland, um, Jonathan McCready has to write uh, an essay on Pulpumex about why Canada is so much is so great and so much better than Ireland. And the flip side is true if uh, Ireland beats Canada, I have to do something for MX Vice. .com.
1: Okay, I want to ask you about Canada here. Now, our man Chase Stalob put together this uh, spider's guide, he and did. You know, I'll be posting that online. He, you got excited. I think you might need a little time alone. It said Canada sleeper possibly top five with three uh, question marks.
0: He says threat now, for top five. Like, God bless Chase Stalob, but, but come on, bro. Well, here's the thing. Here's the thing.
1: Okay, a lot of times Canada sucks sucked at this race, but you've always lamented that they don't even send their best guys.
0: Yeah, we haven't sent our best guys for a long time, probably since Bud's Creek, and before that, it had been forever, too.
1: But now you're good, right? These are your best guys, mm, aren't
0: they? Well, Cole Thompson is hurt.
1: But... Yeah, but they're... You know, okay, I guess everybody's yeah, with Yeah, everybody, I mean, everybody, to everybody has injuries. Enough to right, send. right.
0: Yes, we they're have not,
1: our... You have to send the B team, right?
0: No, this is... Very, very, very close to our best riders. Absolutely.
1: Okay. So I think when he's saying possibly top five, and you're looking at the injuries of everyone else, I think he's like, well, we know Fasciotti's fast. We know is fast. Like, why not? Okay, so you've actually gone to this race and have seen the heinous disappointment.
0: Ugh, it's crushing.
1: What is the problem? Why does it not translate? Why? They're not, they don't suck
0: this bad as riders, do they? I guarantee you, a bunch of these dudes on this list travel to Gopher Dunes and they're getting waxed by the three Canadian right. guys. Right. I, I yes. don't, I, I think, I really, I've long felt um, that um, uh, the Canadian guys, they don't, they're sort of in their bubble. They got their nine or 10 race series. The, the, the top guys make 30, 40 grand a year. You know, the, the champions make more, but, you know, the, let's say they make 30, 40 grand a year. They, they don't go to U.S. Nationals on weekends off. They don't go to the U.S. Open or the Monster Cup. or They just really like being racing 10 races a year and making their 30 grand. And when they show up to these things, they just, they just poop their pants. They just, like, just poop, poop everywhere. They poop everywhere. They have no idea what's going on. They don't know who these guys are. It's a strange track. Strange riders. Lots of fast guys. They don't know what's going on. And they just, they just poop themselves. Now, having said that, Faciati is world-class. Good rider uh, no matter where he goes. We've seen him race U.S. Nationals. He's been to Designations before. He's a very good rider. He hasn't been on the team for a number of years. I like him being there. But there's no guarantee that Kevin Benoit, the French kid who's the MX2 title winner, there's no guarantee he's one of those guys that could just poop his pants. He's never been anywhere. You know? So, I just think it's that. Like, these guys aren't... They're in their bubble. You know what I mean? And they haul ass on their tracks. But you get them outside their comfort zone. They don't know what's going on. They don't, they're do not they not very worldly guys. You know?
1: No, I like it. That's an excellent theory. Like, yeah. That's what I'm getting at. There's some... On paper, they look like they have talent. But then it's just a disaster every time. And there sounds like there's a real reason for that.
0: Uh, yeah, there is. There is. Although, uh, you know, again, I've, I think the, the management of Team Canada... Hasn't been very good. This year, we finally got rid of the old guy uh, that's been there doing it forever. Uh, Ryan Gold's involved. And ex-racer. Uh, passionate. The after party will definitely be good then. The after party will be good with Goldie. Um So I, I, like, I like him being in charge. I think that helps. I like Colton being there. We're definitely in the A-main. We are in the A-main. Without, without a doubt. And I hoped if we, if, if we got a 9th, 10th, 11th, I would be very, very pumped. I think we could do it. Um, but we are in the A-Main. There will be no gigantic choking like there was last year. And, uh, yeah, I, I like I I everything about Canada this year, more so than other years.
1: I think one other thing we have to mention is all the stuff we said about, you know, Team USA is at a little bit of a disadvantage just because this is a GP track. It's a GP format. They're in Europe. And, you know, most of the countries, that's what they're used to. I mean, that would apply to Canada as well. It's also a track that they didn't race a few months ago, that type of thing. You know, so there's going to be that little bit of a drop-off for them, just like there would be for Team USA, just like there will be for the Australians. You know, Luke Clout didn't race, hasn't raced GPs. Reed doesn't race there all the time. So I guess you got to factor that in with the Canadians, too. Yeah. You know, when you're talking about yep. Estonia... Yep. You're talking about Tanel Leoc, who's freaking raced the nations like the last fifteen years, and has probably ridden a thousand laps on this track.
0: Yeah, yeah. Leoc is always yeah. Leoc is always good at these races, whether he's on a TM or anything <laughs> else. He is always good at motocross the nations all the time. You're like, who is that guy? Oh, it's Leoc again. <laughs> yeah. He's somebody who consistently he's gone from done like well.
1: Underrated, overrated to underrated. To, he's gone through like all the.
0: Mm-hmm. No, and and he's got to be 40 years old. I don't know how old he is at this point, but he's always good, man. Um,
1: yeah, yeah, I agree.
0: But, you know, yeah. uh, there's probably a lot of guys that uh, – um, a lot of guys in the media that haven't been to as many motocross nations as GPs and, and GPs as I have uh, in the last, mm-hmm. say, five, six years or whatever. Just the plain facts are these guys haul ass. That's That's the plain facts. And you can deny yeah. it and you can say we don't want to write about it and all this, but – the world has changed since 1985. It swung the other way. Yeah. It's, well, actually, yeah. it's, it swung. We had, for, for, for decades, the Europeans were so much better than us. Then for a couple decades, the Americans were so much better than everybody else. It is now met in the middle. It, uh, that is the bottom line. It is now met in the middle. The very best riders in Europe are, are, are equal to the very best riders over here. And this event, although, like we said, it favors America, uh, this event many times is a coin toss, for sure.
1: I completely agree. Uh, hold on one second. get—I got to get
0: my kid here. Hang All on. right. Well, let's go to commercial. All right. See you. All right. Uh, btosports.com. Use the code PULPAMEX to save yourself money. And uh, go to foxhead.com for more on Fox Racing. And listen to this commercial at Racetech to uh, save yourself big-time money um, at Racetech with suspension mods. And we'll be right back to talk about a little bit more of Silly Season and much more after this commercial break btosports.com racerx podcast presented by fox racing hey i want to talk about privateers and what they choose for suspension yeah that's right some of the top privateers most of the top privateers out there choose Race Tech. long been supporting the world's fastest privateer since 1984 michael lieb vince Fries, chris blows cody gilmore and many other guys uh choose uh, Tech suspension and they've been a long, around a long time and their their work stands for itself don't forget people at least uh, change your oil in your new bike and use Tech to do it. Some of that stock oil isn't that good. Uh, Racetech is the world's largest aftermarket motorcycle suspension modification company. 30 years they've been supplying racers, riders, and tuners with the industry's best suspension products. Paul Thie, the owner of Tech, one of the smartest guys out there, and uh, the creators of the do-it-yourself gold valve kit. It's a revalve in a box. Racetech.com for a full listing of suspension parts, tools, and information. Racetech, go there. Make your bike handle better. Do it. Racetech.com. Thanks for listening. And we're back on the btosports.com Racer X podcast presented by Fox Racing. Uh, All right, enough designations talk. We just do a little bit of silly season. But first, I just checked Twitter, and Grant Langston is competing in the Red Bull Straight Rhythm. Grant Langston. Yeah,
1: uh, we were asking the Red Bull people for some more info on this event uh, this week, just to put some stories together. And uh, they're like, "You might want to interview Grant Langston. He's competing." And we were like, "What? This, who? What? These guys didn't know what they're talking about? Are they got the wrong name? Are they confusing Josh Grant with Grant Langston? What are they?" Is there? So, yeah. jeez. I texted GL this morning, and I just got the word back. I believe I am. I'm an idiot. <laughs> wow yeah jeez. um but you know that's supposed to be the theory of this race right like you don't have to be in shape you can just show up and if you're faster yeah
0: ryan morris too wow i can't wait till uh i can't wait till uh uh sean parolio and uh deegan are announced
1: um ghost ride
0: yeah but that's supposed to be the
1: whole point of this like sure Pastrana's in it, too. Like, it supposedly could level the playing field, at least for a year or so. I think eventually everyone will figure out who's right. actually good at it. But right now, everyone thinks they could do this, right?
0: I am looking Pretty forward sure. to the barrage of Monster Energy Cup PRs the week leading up to Red Bull Straight Rhythm. That should be fantastic. When <laughs> when those guys – have you noticed there hasn't been a lot of press releases put out by the Feld no. folks? No. They are saving them up, and they will – be hammered out that week of Red Bull Straight Rhythm, I'm sure.
1: What I enjoy is that's always their, that's their offensive move. Just put in a bunch of press releases. <laughs> like, Red Bull, I'm sure, is going to be bombing you with videos, cool angles, interesting things that their media house has put together, you know, real high-end, glossy-looking stuff. Yeah. And the response will be just put in a bunch of press
0: releases. <laughs> All right, hey, let's get to some silly season stuff that's been announced. Uh, your home team there, the JGR Yamaha, I feel like – I almost feel like we didn't – we wouldn't know this stuff so far ahead of time because, I mean, Chase Stalo asked me to write something for, for Racer X on this, and I'm just like, man, I've written so much about this move because we've known about it for so long. Um, it's almost unfortunate. Yeah. We, we, we really should be worse at our job or something. But um, Pike and Barsha announced the JGR – and uh did you you go down there to the shop did you Did you talk to those guys uh
1: well to to underline what the point you were making uh didn't even need to because like they're not even there like right now like it's not like it's not like personally release should lead you to think like they never even stepped foot in the state of North Carolina until yesterday right, right but like this deal has been buttoned up for so long. It's not like Barsha just signed the contract yesterday,
0: yeah. Yeah. So, it's not even really like
1: this direct uh, result. I did talk to j Bone yesterday at Barsha's down in Florida. I think some of the team guys might be going down there to help him at some point. Mm-hmm. But, you know, they're going to pretend at least that until October 1st, nothing ever happened at all. I don't even know. Actually, I don't even know how this press release came out because I don't think they've ever even spoken to Barsha yeah. until October 1st. <laughs> right, haven't right, right. approached him, haven't made eye contact.
0: Um, and. Hilarious. And more and in more news. Uh, Barsha and Stanton are no longer together, and uh, Stanton and uh, or, or Barsha picked up Johnny Al. So that should be interesting. Got rid of one Honda legend yeah, for another.
1: There's, yeah, there's less uh, controversy there than I thought. Um, Barsha tells me it's, he needs a guy to go to every race. That's what he wants. Stanton never did, really did that. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, we didn't see six time around a lot at the races the last couple of years. Um, I think he'd have like a couple of weeks here and there where he'd stay at Barsha's house for a week. But um, he said he wanted to guide all the races, and Stanton said that's not what he's able to do. So he picked up Johnny O. But he is still pumped on Stanton. They're still good. I know we were all suspicious that leaving Honda meant Stanton would just punch you in the face.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: like the ultimate Honda guy, right? But,
0: yeah, well, but no, I, he's cool. I felt sorry for Stanton because I know he was caught in the middle because his old mechanic is the team manager there, Dan Bentley. Ben Bentley. Yeah. And uh, Barcia didn't like the bike, and, and and Jeff was trying to mediate, and... Honda, a lot of times, are saying, look, the thing's good, and we'll work with you, and Barsha, it was a nightmare. There was a lot of personal conflicts, I think, with Barsha and the Honda guys by the end, you know, and uh, Eric Kehoe leaving didn't help things either, and um, so I felt sorry for Stanton at some time. I'm, I'm, I've talked to him about it. He was caught in the middle, for sure. So, Jeff doesn't seem yeah, like he and, doesn't, uh, yeah.
1: you know, it doesn't help Honda's case here that, um, and that's why Barsha hit you up on Twitter when you mentioned that Cunard's suspension. Um, it doesn't help Honda's case. I don't think Marsh is ever going to go out there and slam them. Right. But it's almost like he gets to say without saying it. See? Yeah. I told them we were just bike changes away from making this work. Yep. But they didn't get it done, and then when they actually did make the change, look what happened.
0: Yeah. Oh, Job absolutely. No, Barsh has got a lot of ammo with that, no doubt. Um, yeah. And yep. P- Pike's a good hire. Pike will do well. He'll try his balls off. Um, you know what I was getting on the Pulp Show? People don't really understand this. I was getting tweets, and we had people call in and leave messages, and, and the Barsha-Pike battle from St. Louis last year, like, mm-hmm. people are like, oh, what's going to happen now? And I'm just like, nothing, nothing. They'll laugh about it, you know? But there's this, there's this perception out in fan world that these guys hate each other over that one incident. You know what I mean? I, it's nothing to that. They're just going to laugh.
1: Yeah, it's this racing thing. You know, it's like the yeah. things that happen with racing. You could probably put a chart together and show at one point almost everyone's had a run-in with anyone.
0: Yeah, it's like not, not a big deal.
1: They're enemy for life.
0: Right, right. I, I was talking to... I mean, they're abrasive
1: guys. They're oh, two yeah. abrasive guys, no doubt. Like, if, of course they would have a run-in together. I mean, right. that was inevitable.
0: Right. Um, um. I was... But yeah, I'm sure. It's fine. I I don't... This, this isn't a slam on Pike at all, but I was talking to Coy about this deal a while back. And mm-hmm. I said, "What? so why... Why Pike? Like, what What was the deal there? And he was like, Yamaha really wanted him. I didn't care because I got my guy. I got to pick one guy. I didn't care after that. <laughs> so, Coy <laughs> Gibbs, everybody. Got Marsha and just said, ah, whatever, I'm the second guy. You want Pike? Sure. It's not just
1: Coy. I don't know what the deal is with Pike. I don't get it. I, I, I still don't understand it. Yes, he now has a factory ride. But it wasn't a slam dunk still. Like, I heard that same type of thing. Like, it was like Yamaha wanted it. And J.J.R. team was like, eh, or eh, or "Mm," eh, but they weren't like, absolutely. And I still don't understand why. If you want to look at the results from this year, and let's please include Supercross and Motocross, he's been about as good as anyone not in that absolute elite tier, and he's not asking for that kind of money.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: Okay, maybe Andrew Short on balance had a little bit better year.
0: Mm -hmm. Who, Who else? Yeah. Yeah, no, he's right – you want to line up everybody, he's right there, man. He's in that next group of guys. Josh Grant, Andrew Short, um, you know, and yeah. Yeah, and a lot of the guys – okay, so
1: he was in a battle with Metcalf, uh, Grant, Short, Outdoors, but where were Metcalf and Grant in Supercross? Right,
0: exactly.
1: Mike did really good there. I don't even understand why at this point. Like, what more does the guy have to prove? And if I hear one more time, oh, he can be abrasive, he has a bad attitude – we have seen. Okay, Josh Hansen is making his 172nd return to racing.
0: He's got a lot of talent. He's got a lot of talent.
1: <sighs> a pike
0: of being like,
1: what? Uh, outspoken yeah. or brash when he sits about the bike? That has like ruined his life where he <laughs> has to super duper over deliver on results to even get considered. Other guys who have done way, way, way worse stuff attitude wise, that's fine.
0: Yeah. Wow. Everyone
1: else gets to have that, yeah, but he's fast, so we don't care. But, with Pike, being fast, could barely, barely (laughs) overcome the personality issues.
0: Why? Yeah. No, you're right. You're right. It's weird. Uh, And Pike has fans. Like, he's a SoCal guy, and he's been riding these SoCal tracks forever and been a privateer, and his dad, um, you know, people know his dad and like his dad. He he has fans. He has people who like him, you know? That was always, like, my thing. Like, if if you're going to hire – if I'm on a team and I got Brock Tickle, and, well, okay, no, let's go this way. So Mitch Payton picked up Arno, Arno Tonis for this year. And Tonis, yeah. is a, by all accounts, he's a nice guy, and I think he's going to do well. But if I got a guy from Switzerland and a guy from Southern California, and they're about the same, I'm going with the American guy because I'm an American racing team who has fans, who wants the market, who wants, you know, like no one is going to be a Tonis fan. Do you know what I mean? And I think like, yeah. with, with Pike, it's the same. I mean, Tonus, if he starts winning, they will be. But short of winning, you know, Tonus isn't going to have this big fan marketing thing behind him. And, but Pike will. Pike will always have that.
1: Yeah, a unique guy. He's such a unique-looking guy. His style is so aggressive. He had the privateer thing. Yeah, You know, he's like a, I, I think, you know, he's somewhat of a love-or-hate kind of guy. But if you're a team and you're smart, I think you should be all about that.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: But uh, hey, yeah, they could have had him last year too. A lot of teams could have had him last year.
0: Yeah, no, absolutely. So he he'll be on there with Barsha, and and is Nicoletti's deal done? I, I'm getting a little weirded out by that. I thought it was a foregone conclusion, but maybe not.
1: Yeah, I don't know. I, that's such a weird deal. I don't know if that gets buttoned up in September. Okay, so you it's think pretty early that stuff like that figured out? Okay, you like think?
0: Yeah. I don't know. I'm just. I'm just. I thought it would happen because I don't hear Nicoletti's name with other teams. You know what I mean? So, I think he really liked it. I think he really liked the setup. I think he did too. But but the problem well, with he that might is come back to bite him because he might need to pound the pavement.
1: Like, what if it doesn't happen and he wasn't out there knocking on doors to get an option B?
0: Well, and That's also, I don't. I don't consider Pike and, and Barsha nearly as fragile as Grant and Brayton. You know. Like there could yeah, be a chance a that he, he
1: there could be yeah. a chance
0: he doesn't get in many races. He got in half this year, exactly half of the twenty nine races. Yep. Uh, well, I guess it can't be exactly half because there's. You got in fourteen and a half races, um, but you yeah. know uh, Barsha
1: had an injury this summer. But otherwise, Barsha's been, yeah. has really not missed any races at all in his whole career. Same with Pike. He almost Pike almost cannot
0: be hurt. <laughs> almost, he uh, checked his back up and, and tried to race Daytona and wasn't able to race, wasn't able to make it I think he made the heat race, maybe not, maybe he pulled out after practice, but yeah, can you imagine what kind of pain he was in, just to not be able to try well, to race? I mean, he
1: injured the track in Phoenix he mm-hmm. injured the track, Yeah, and he was okay yeah, exactly. yeah, that's a good point, subbing in for JGR is not going to be a good option this year.
0: Yeah, because if, if I'm subbing in on a team and I look ahead and it's Josh Grant ahead of me I figure I'm pretty good, I'm pretty solid so, yeah um, that's another thing, Grant to 2 too. We didn't talk about that. Um, now is that for real or is that just Instagram playing around? No, like no, no, no. That, yeah. Instagram mean it's done. No, he's in. he's in.
1: Yeah, it's done. So, what is the magic sponsor? I mean, I know I don't know. I, I put this out there. I think people are wondering. Uh, Josh Grant has his own merits. There's no doubt he wins motos. He's a popular guy, for sure. That's a factor. But what we also heard was well, he was bringing a sponsor to the team, and that's what helped Greece skid and help to make this happen. I mean, the guy's not chopped liver, but he had something else in his pocket. A sponsor. What is that? What is the deal with that?
0: I don't know. Is that true? I heard it was maybe Mike Kranjak, Some Mike Kranjak money be- coming back in. To read? Yeah. Right? <laughs> just goes to show you in our sport that you never, you know, you never know. Oh, God. Um, but I, awesome. I don't want to say that's for sure. So, yeah, it's not. That's just something I heard. But, I mean, for, oh, okay. for a long time, Chad's only told us that, his, he wants to have uh, a winner, a guy who can you know ride for race wins and titles next to him, and I don't know. He kind of went backwards with this Grant thing. I mean, sure, Grant Josh Yamamoto, and sure he could do it again, but I mean, he you know at this point Grant is going to get hurt. He is going to show some speed outdoors. He's going to crash a little bit, miss some races.
1: Yeah, I think what we mean to clarify, like I think Reed said, like he wants to have a guy like Dungey or.
0: Yeah, or, Roxanne, or Dino. Like he, he, was, he would have done something with yeah. Dino,
1: yeah. Yeah, yeah. It, like, I'm picking a super elite. This guy could win a 450 title this year, guy, or I'm not interested. So yeah. something, something changed. I think it's cool, though. Yeah. I mean, it's good for Reed. Oh, yeah. I
0: that mean, he's, Chad's been hurt, you know, a few years now. Yep. So, um, yep. yep. Justin Hill to Red Bull KTM. This is a surprise, and we had Josh Hill on the Pulp Show, and Josh said that he... Told Justin to stay at Pro Circuit. So, um, but you know what? Look, uh, you know I wrote a little bit about this on Racer X a few weeks back. But times are changing. The Pro Circuit Kawasaki team. I mean, still Adam Cincirillo going to be a title contender uh, in no matter where he lines up. And you know that's that's great. But you had a f- you had Muscan and Wharton turn bench down a few years back. You have Justin Hill coming off a good season, leaving to go to KTM. It's just things are different over there now. I think the biggest winner of
1: 2014, not Ken Roxon, not Ryan Villopoto, not Jeremy Martin, not Justin Bogle, not Jason Anderson, not Caroli, not Tixier, it's Justin Hill. Think about this. A year ago, it was considered that he was on borrowed time. He yeah. was like, how did this guy, why did this guy get this ride on his team? Mitch isn't pumped. Mitch is saying, just because I got you under contract, I could send you to Arena Cross. Yep. And uh, Josh Hill did an interview from Australia where something got lost in translation, even though it's the same language. And he, it made it sound like he was riding a bike with Pro Circuit parts in Australia. This is Josh Hill. and It made it sound like he said the bike wasn't good. And Justin was on such precarious ground. That Josh was afraid that that interview would jack up his brother's deal of Mitch. Mm-hmm. One year later, yep, he is in the middle of a bidding war where he's <laughs> able to turn Mitch down because another team, a legit factory team, wants him so bad.
0: Yeah, yeah, that, he's the and, biggest winner of the year. And Mitch Payton telling me, I don't know what to tell you about Justin anymore. I don't know what to tell you. Uh, team Green made me take him. They, right. Team Green made me take him. Like, yeah, just then, <laughs> now he's in a bidding war. But you know, I mean, I, I think if I had to, if I had to guess, and I don't know, but if I had to guess, this comes down to money. Uh, Justin, uh, besides OEM money, he gets gear money, goggle money, helmet money. LKTM. KTM, uh, the bike's good. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if he left for money, money reasons, because the equipment, although Pro Circuit has taken a few hits recently, the equipment's fine. Um, I'm thinking, I think this one is a little bit more money, which is fine.
1: Yeah, That's and his... I'm not I'm not trying to say he doesn't deserve it. Yeah yeah. Uh you know, doesn't deserve the upgrade. This is just what happens. If you race West Coast Supercross and you prove you can win, the world <laughs> is your oyster. That's
0: it. Yeah. He proved he can win races in two fifty West. And That's he and he was riding the ultimate bargain He was riding well outdoors too until he got hurt. So um he'd put in yeah. a nice ride at Hangtown.
1: Yeah, but that didn't even matter. These no. negotiations were well underway. Yeah, yeah. He yeah. could have if he... Got hurt in the first moto, Eklund Helen, and didn't ride a single moto. Yeah, would have been fine.
0: Attention, kids! Please focus on the five Western SoCal Supercrosses uh, to open yeah. the year in January. Focus on those five. Yeah. Those five races.
1: <laughs> That's it. I mean, he won. I'm, I'm not saying he deserved it. It just shows how much weight that carries. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. No, for sure.
1: Yeah, some dude I can't even remember, but like, you know, occasionally you see a guy get a flash and win a moto or something outdoors. Uh, Jesse Nelson, is he involved in a bidding war?
0: <laughs> Two no.
1: tripping over themselves to get Jesse Nelson?
0: No. Yeah, you have a point. You
1: win a moto in the bud, like eh, but you win a supercross out west. Whoa, oh, whoa buddy.
0: Got to be careful to be like eh. Got to be careful with those eh's. Got to be careful. You can't throw those out. Well,
1: at you. I, I. It's just my point. Like I no, don't I, even know. Uh, I
0: know. I'm speaking from experience.
1: It, it just shows the difference in weight. Jesse Nelson did really well outdoors. And it didn't result in teams beating down his door with back buckets of cash in their hands. Justin Hill does it in Supercross, and it does.
0: I think he, uh, I think he had um, a contract, Jesse Nelson. But yeah, I get your point. Mm-hmm. So, uh, speaking of Jesse Nelson, world. TLD, yep. TLD Honda switching to TLD KTM, and just another another example of KTM taking over the world.
1: I was watching this. Uh, a biography, it's Ken Burns' biography on Roosevelt during World War II and all that.
0: Jeez.
1: Dude, Can't... it is hilarious to watch. Okay, I know you're like me when it comes to this political stuff. People get all freaked out and up in arms, and they truly believe what their opinion is is the, the only way, right? There's no bending. Right. They're showing clips. You never hear about this anymore. They're showing clips of people marching in front of the Capitol, in front of the White House, protesters in, like, 1939, mm-hmm. saying, let's have peace with Hitler, there's no reason to go to war, Let leave Europe alone, and senators saying, it's not even a war over there, it's a fake war, Germany's not a threat, they're not doing anything, why would we even get
0: involved?
1: You don't hear anyone say that anymore, do you? No, no. Anyone who said that in 1939, I'm sure three years later, was like, nope, oh, I never, oops,
0: I didn't <laughs> it say that. wasn't me. <laughs>
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, literally, there were people protesting saying, why can't we just have peace with Hitler? Why do we have to fight this guy? What's wrong?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So what was happening was they were, you know, Germany, they were just going through Austria, then they marched out, <laughs> right. they took over Poland, and they were just building and building and building, and everyone
0: was like, ah, whatever. Yeah, take Paris, go ahead, take Paris, have it.
1: Yeah, whatever, it, It's we've been there, done that. We already had world war, we're good. That's what's
0: happening. Soon, every team will just ride a KTM. They were just going to take everything. Just, and, and we didn't stop it. Why, again? We did nothing to stop it. <laughs> we did nothing to stop it. Somebody put in the comments,
1: this is hilarious. Someday Team Honda will ride k Isn't that the way it
0: seems? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's, uh, I mean, they're, they're aggressive. They've got good bikes. They've got, they've got money. They put resources behind it. The, I think the funny thing is, though, their market share from the last thing I read, I mean, they're bigger than Suzuki. But they're still okay. a long way off market share motorcycles uh, from, the other, from the three other Japanese OEMs, which is fine. I mean, whatever. They're, but they're growing, and they're building, and they're working on it. And they've chosen, thankfully, they've chosen racing as a way to try to build their market share. Because that's what they are. Well, they're a racing company. Is that all
1: motorcycles, though? Including street bikes?
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah, well, that's where it gets a little tricky. They yeah. didn't even make them no, for the uh, most part. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't really know where the numbers are. It's like the most closely guarded secret on earth. You know, we can find out pretty much anything about everything, but lest anyone in the media well, ever find out what amount of dirt bikes are sold, could never be known, never.
0: Yeah, they're out there. The Motorcycle Industry Council puts them out there, and they they can. But they but they they consider off road, so everything. You know, then KTM's pretty good with that because they offer a lot of motorcycles, a lot of models that are off road. You know, that are not just racing only. Yeah, yeah,
1: they do have that for sure. They have that the competitive off-road part absolutely mm-hmm. dominated, but then it's like you got PTR 125 sales. They probably sell a ton of those, right? Yeah,
0: yeah, exactly. Yeah, they're just all lumped in as off-road, right?
1: Yeah, so KTM selling, you know, $9,000 EXCs. Yamaha's selling $2,900 PTRs, mm-hmm. but it
0: you know, um, still counts. Getting back to this move, though, I mean, I, I've talked to Tyler Keefe about it here and there, and and uh, um, it's funny, I, I I texted Tyler about this, I don't know, June, maybe, whenever I first heard about it from a really good source. And he goes, no, that's not true. Then he texts me back. He texts me back the next day. I'm really sorry. I got to call you. And he calls me. And he's like, I lied to you. I'm really sorry. I don't know. I don't know how this news got out, but it's true. But please don't say anything. <laughs> he felt he felt bad for lying to me. And I said, no, no, I won't. I won't say nothing. It's all right. But just, you know, yeah. So we we've known about it for a little while, but it's funny how... Keefe was um but i don't blame him i we mean
1: a big point we missed a big point of this i gotta give credit to uh hammer at red bull you know he said hey you ping and at wrote about the switch but you didn't really mention the red bull tie-in and i think you and i were like well that was so obvious it wasn't even worth mentioning
0: yeah right right to me but right.
1: what it does do which i didn't even really think about is monster right now has this way since they're just in with kawasaki at all levels the perfect example is Ryan Villapoto was Monster when he was on, you know, I don't think Monster was around when he's on eighty five. So basically Team Green is a monster guy, then they move into Mitch's team, then they move into the factory team, and you're just a monster guy through and through. Red Bull signs tons of amateurs also, but then they've got to try to figure out a way to like maybe get them on a team where Red Bull could be involved, but maybe not. Maybe they gotta leave because they're gonna go to a team or a brand that's not affiliated with Red Bull and they lose guys. And I feel like now they're this is the first time where they can say, we hold all the cards. You'll just run to KTM as an amateur, then you go to TLD, then you go to Red Bull KTM factory team, you will just be Red Bull and KTM We will never have a conflict ever. I think that's the model they wanted, and I didn't even realize they were really missing that.
0: I guess, yeah. I mean, if, if you're an energy drink guy and you're that worried or concerned about it, I mean, I don't think you're getting an amateur, top amateur kid, you know, via the energy drink. I mean, it's all about support. You know what I mean. So, however, KTM's amateur support is is what I would think would determine things more than what your energy drink is. Now, if K, now if Red Bull is actually putting money in KTM amateur program, then we got something. You know that they're actually they But to me, I mean, you're not going to get a kid, you're not going to get a, a Team Green kid, Monster kid to switch because you can give them cases of energy drinks. You know, I mean, you gotta you gotta provide them with the bikes and support and money. And I don't know if KTM Amateur is on that level yet. That's that's my biggest question. I know they have that Orange Brigade, but is that on the yeah, level well, of a – well,
1: what you what's going to happen here is, I guarantee you're going to see this Troy Lee team be what Geico is.
0: Okay, well, then, yeah, Amateur. then for sure. Yeah. Right, for sure you could, I could see it happening. Well,
1: I'll give you now. an example. A couple guys, like I think Savacci was a – I think Savace was a longtime Red Bull guy, I believe. I think Bachelio was a Red Bull guy. They're just examples of Red Bull like them. They wanted to be with them forever, but they had, they didn't have any control. Because once the guys moved pro, they had to take whatever ride was there. If you're yeah. Chile, you're definitely going yeah, yeah. Honda. Yeah. Can't have Red Bull. Sorry, guys. It's been nice knowing you. So now they've got this perfect umbrella where they're like, you know, we'll sign you for life at age 12, just like happened to Cinserulo. You'll never see Cinserulo do anything but ride a cow or have Monster ever, just like Villopoto.
0: Yeah, I mean, as long as the support is there on the amateur team, like a Team Green or like a Geico, Honda, or yeah. whatever. You know, as long as the support now, is there. Now, my question is, I think long term K would
1: want this to just be the 250 effort right like no more factory Red Bull
0: Yeah I agree and I, I and I had heard that that was the, that what was the team that Nathan ran the Australian team What was that thing called JDR JDR I had heard that was the plan for JDR but yet but some of those guys were a little upset because Roger was still signing to Vidy guys and they're like wait a minute we're supposed to have those guys Yeah so uh,
1: that's, that's kind of what I wonder. Like, Will KTM has a lot of strength, obviously coming out of Europe. For example, I don't know. Hurlings isn't coming over full time or anything like that. But they own that MX2 class over there. Stand the right. reason you think within three or four years there'll be another big KTM talent racing 250s in Europe that wants to come over here.
0: Yeah.
1: Is the Troy Lee team at that point at the level where he just? Gets, but Ben Townley went over to Pro Circuit. It wasn't even a second thought. Right. in the, the Pro Circuit. They didn't feel like it was a downgrade. Is the Troy Lee team and
0: KTM is that, that's where this program ends up being at that level? I would think Troy Lee would want that, but I don't know. Yeah. I mean, give us Muskan and Justin Hill. You
1: know? I know. Yeah. I or mean they phase them out. It's like Hill gonna be the last one. Three years from now, Hill moves up. KTM factory never races two fifties again. Wow. Well, I really wonder where this is going. Well,
0: I would I mean I would say that the perfect time to not sign Justin Hill to a factory deal would be now. <laughs> you know, but they did. So <laughs> I don't know. Maybe there's no, maybe there's no um, maybe there's no plan to do that. You know, which uh, yeah, that always causes conflict. I mean, when 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 Factory Cowie had Stewart on the one twenty five, Mitch wasn't pumped on that. Same thing with the Honda yeah. guys. You know, they had Ernie on a one twenty five, and I know the factory connection then weren't pumped on that. So, yep, a lot of ego yep. and politics involved for sure. But yeah, it's a weird deal because I, I feel
1: like the teams. It's like at the end of the year, those satellite teams go to the factory and say, "What's our budget for next year?" And the factory's like, "Well, you need to win more races." And they're like, "But you took the riders that we should have had." <laughs>
0: yep. Well, I mean, yeah, and you can look at
1: every year on Pro Circuit doesn't win. We run through the history of man. How often did we go a year without Pro Circuit winning titles? And there was this glaring hole at the beginning of the two thousands where they didn't win as many titles. But it's because James Stewart wasn't on the team, and he should have been.
0: Right. Yeah. Cowie Cal- 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 Cowie won titles. Cal- Cowie won titles, but not, yeah. Yeah, not Pro it, right.
1: Right. So Mitch Payton ended up getting screwed by Cowie because he had to beat James Stewart, who it's, was also on a cast.
0: Hey, we're in a weird deal, and I, I tweeted about this um, earlier, and I got, you know, again, I got some of the RCH guys not pumped on me, but, like, they're in our sport. As long as the OEMs have teams and in investing millions of dollars, they are the number one team, and everything – is at the mercy of that OEM. Chad's wanted to hire guys and and you know couldn't promise some works equipment through Honda, uh, through Cowie, you know because they control the parts, they control the purse strings that, in that way. Um, and now you got Kenny Roxon going to a non factory team. Now those guys do a good job. They got good parts. Everything else looks good, but they're not the team. They're not the factory team. If there's a part that makes the bike better. Stewart's getting it first. They're trying that first. Uh, many times these o- these satellite teams have to give the OEMs everything they do to the bike, a full race report. Uh, here's the offset. Here's the clamps. Here's the frame. Here's the here's the swing arm. Here's the airbox. Here, here's what here's what everything we're doing on this bike. The OEMs don't share nothing back. They just take yeah. and go. Thank you, and then they look and go. Yeah hey, let's try that with Stewart, or hey, let the Honda guys, let's try that with our guys. Um, yeah. There was conflicts with Reed and Honda. There, I know there's conflicts with Stewart and the RCH guys. It's always that way. There was Wyndham and Windham and the Honda guys back in the day. Oh, and yeah. if I'm a rider like Kenny Rockson, and I, I said I would be wary of going to a satellite team, If never mind the technology and the bikes, what I just talked about. What if Sequan Casino decides we're done? What if Soaring Eagle says we're done? You know, and Kerry and, and Hart and Ricky Carmichael are there to make a profit, and God bless them, they should. The OEMs aren't there to make a profit. They are there to lose money going racing. Just saying. It's always been like that, and until the OEMs get out, it will always stay like that. There. Yeah, there's a couple
1: things there. Um, I, I think the... Saquon leaves, the the money thing I think can get ironed out. Um, you know these teams are smart. Obviously, Hart and WMG and everybody that runs that team, they know how to bring the money in. I think where it gets dicey is in this sport, especially the way the rules are and stuff. Money can't necessarily buy everything or anything. I mean, JGR said they were going to, you know, put the industry on its head, but really they haven't been able to do anything. And now they're just Yamaha's factory team, just like any other satellite team. Okay, not, wait, like, wait. Their
0: wait time out. Resources was not. Timeout right there. Again, I forgot to bring that up. We know there's conflicts between Yamaha and JGR as far as the bike. They don't even have a team. Right. Yamaha doesn't even have a team to take secrets from, but there are conflicts there. So, okay, now time in. Time in, continue. Okay. Yeah, so
1: my point is that even JGR, who was going to turn the industry on its head, could not. They eventually had to play ball with the factory just like everybody else. It just, right, when you're. When you have a brand that's willing to lose money on racing, you have to get in bed with that. It's just too helpful. Mm-hmm. Um, you have to try to turn a profit. They don't have them help you spend money. Or technology, it's production rule, blah, blah, blah. There's a lot you can't do. And this actually goes over. Remember, I, honestly, I don't even know what's happening anymore. Does Michael Jordan still have a road racing team?
0: I, no, no, he's, he stopped it. That's done, right? Yeah.
1: That was a huge thing when he came in. He and that team are so upset because they were like, we, are, we have money and resources and sponsorship and exposure that no one else can match. Mm-hmm. But the way the rules in this series are set up with production bikes, we cannot become a factory team because we're not the factory. Yeah, We will never be able to have the good bikes. So we will never be able to win. We will never be able to get the good riders. This is ridiculous the way this is stacked. This is Michael Jordan. So <laughs> Gary Hart, Carmichael, same thing. It is weird the way the sport is set up. Now, you would think on the outside – you know, if you're a factory and you just want to win races, that you would just go at the path of least resistance. Like, oh, Michael Jordan's going to come in and fund all this? It's, yeah, but that's, it's, but no. That out. It's awesome. No.
0: No. not work that way at all. No. We need to either be a complete NASCAR model where the OEMs are out of it and they're supplying equipment to different privately run yeah. teams, or until yep. then, you are, you are at the mercy of these guys, man. They, they want to win for their bosses in Japan, for their factory yep. team. That's the way it is. And, I mean, and look, uh, I I know some of the RCH guys well, and uh, I've talked to Mike Webb, and you've talked to Mike Webb. There's some dysfunction there between the two teams because they're competing in the same class with the same equipment. They want to beat each other's asses.
1: Yeah, and they want to be the team. Like, each team knows if we got, okay, if there's X amount of support being split in two, if we just got all of it, how much better off would we be? (laughs) Both of them have a right to think.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, uh, there's, there's nothing wrong with that. They're 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 running great programs, but it's not always smooth, and we can go throughout motocross. And oh, yeah. I just gave yeah. a bunch of examples. So
1: yeah, and I think what it all comes down to is, you know, the team manager or the head of racing or whatever. Like you said, it's the bosses in Japan or their their super head bosses here in the U.S. They don't want the phone call of "Hey, I gave you three million dollars as a budget." I'm giving this team half a million dollars, mm-hmm. and they're beating you. Yeah. You're fired. So you're not going to help them.
0: Well, yeah, and you would think that they'd be pumped because it's just a red front fender, and it doesn't matter what, what the graphics are, but oh, no, doesn't work like that. Nope. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I mean, a lot of times, <laughs> this might sound ridiculous, but I'm sure there have been times where two rival same-brand teams would have rather been beat by another brand than each other.
0: <laughs> Probably. Probably Which
1: sounds absolutely preposterous.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. And and so if I'm Kenny Roxon, I'm just like, okay, I'm leaving all this money on the table at KTM and they can do anything to the bike that I want. Now one of the main reasons he switched was because of the bike, but I mean you're you're with an OEM. They make the damn thing. So I'm just I uh and very interesting to watch Kenny next year. Really, he can only go down. He's already won multiple supercrosses national title. He's got to stay at the same level or go up for this thing to be a win. If it's not, I think there's going to be some it's going to be interesting to watch. So,
1: I think they're going to be fine. I think their situation is fine. Yeah, uh, yeah he's a world-class
0: talent. For- no, he he's awesome. He's going to he's a great rider and well, he's think, young and
1: But the reason this is even happening at all and our stage is where it is at all is cuz Carmichael had enough connections to go to the people in Japan and make it happen. So, I don't think they're on the outside looking in at the same level that other teams. I mean, yes, Yoshimura is still there. Yes, they're still, I believe, a rival of that team. But I don't think they're that far out of the inner circle, not as far out of the inner circle as other examples that we've talked about before.
0: Yeah, yeah, no, uh, I agree. I think, I think they'll that... be
1: fine, bike wise Carmichael's got, you know, he. I think he went to the people he knew in Japan, like, hey, remember me?
0: <laughs> right, right.
1: Let's make this happen. So I don't think they're at a huge deficit. Uh, there probably are some things here and there, like you said.
0: There's a test track usage too, Supercross test yeah. track usage. A lot of yeah. that. A lot of. But I think there'll be a lot of they'll games. Be. A lot of games with that Fine. too. It just things like that. But anyways, um, oh, yeah. It yeah, will so, happen. So getting back to the TLD TLD guys, uh, great job by them. They were never going to be Honda's number one guys, you know, and, and so why not move, right? I mean, they did a great job for Honda, and I know Honda gave them support, but they weren't getting that that same level of support like Geico. And so um, it was a great move for them and a great move for KTM because that team's run well and it's a top-notch, top-notch program. So good job for everybody, I think.
1: Yeah, I think the one thing KTM hasn't conquered yet is they haven't had the guy they brought up from, you know, 85 all the way up to become a professional champion. That's the one thing they haven't yeah. done yet. You know, they got Dungy from Suzuki, they got rocks from Suzuki, but really they got him from Europe, so to speak. They haven't had the Cincirillo, Villapoto type, you know, Marsha, Gennard. You know, we just brought them up through the amateurs all the way in, yeah. and then they won titles first. To pro. That's The one thing they haven't done, this is a, with Red Bull, you know, with a satellite team, blah, 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 I think this is going to be the final
0: mm-hmm. piece.
1: And then we'll be saying, oh, my God, KTM has just taken over everything.
0: Yeah. Team Honda will be on KTMs.
1: Yeah, right. Exactly. Um, all right. Anything the else? Historiography. There was a senator that said, this war with Hitler is not a world war. It's a fake war. Nothing is happening. <laughs> it's what was it said. That's funny. So the lesson for all you folks who get up in arms right now, there's probably something happening politically right now. There's plenty of stuff going on. And you probably know things to be true and believe things so opinionated. You just never know. Sometimes.
0: Yeah. That's another show for another day.
1: No, I know. everyone, But everyone thinks they know everything.
0: I, I, I always like the election time because I like getting my political advice from homeschooled riders. I enjoy that time of year. <laughs> I enjoy riders telling me their political beliefs because we know they spend a lot of time looking into the situation. Looking at the two parties and the policies and procedures of both parties. I, I cannot wait. I was
1: wait. in school at an economics class, and in an economics class, the first thing they tell you is, economics is the hardest subject on earth. It is unsolvable. You can solve science. You can you can cure diseases. You can figure out where the planets are and, and, and math and science and, and history, and people have figured this stuff out. But the most brilliant minds in the history of the world still can't figure out how to make an economy perfect. It will confound the smartest brains <laughs> that have ever walked this earth, and it forever will. Economics is that hard. Right. Yet plenty of people believe they've got the magic secret.
0: they f- they figured Just it out. It. Yeah. Let's yeah. do this. Why are you so dumb? Why can't you just do this? It'll fix it. Print more money. Just print more money and give print it to more everybody. Money. Cut taxes. Raise taxes. Do this. Do that. I
1: hardest subject in the world. You got to figure it out.
0: It's depressing to me uh, how divided the country is. There used to be like liberals who would be like, "Oh, okay, I can see that point of conservatism," and and conservatives who are like, "Yeah, yeah, I like I like some of the liberal stuff." And now there is that there is the the channels that you watch and everything the other party thinks is, is evil, and that sucks. We'll never get anywhere being divided as much as we are, no. you know?
1: Well, that's the byproduct of the Internet and yep. cable. Yeah. There's so many more outlets. You can listen to whatever you want now. I mean, yeah. this is 1970s. You've got 13 channels on TV and three newspapers. That's it.
0: Yep. You can now listen and- podcasts, watch TV, listen to the radio, all backing up your way of thinking and calling the other side idiots.
1: Yeah. Whatever you want. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. On a somewhat related topic. Let's end with this. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dean Wilson almost got the boot from the Motocross Nations, right? I mean, Scotland almost. What? Almost ditched.
0: Well, would that have affected this year and all that? I, I don't know. No. Oh.
1: <laughs> Freaking oh. Ben Lemay's riding for Puerto Rico. What do you think?
0: Uh, yeah. Okay. All right. I, I didn't. I, I heard this brought up on Twitter a few times, and I'm like, that's not really going to affect this stupid motocross race, is it?
1: No. So, oh, no. Well, but I think we should drive that point home. If they have success or God forbid if they win, like like we said, there's a there is a chance that uh, they could win this. Yeah. But we've got to blow up every conspiracy theory about how that affected the election, what kind of payoffs there were. It was a very close vote for first Scotland of all, to stay apart.
0: First of all, he's Canadian. He rode for Team Canada. There's oh. there's proof. There's there's evidence.
1: How could that be allowed?
0: You know? I don't know. I remember he did One write guy, for it. multiple he wrote for Canada though, it's still depressing. He really did. <laughs> no, I know. He won the didn't he win the B Main? Yeah, he won the B main and then the next year he had the little Scottish flag next to his name for the nationals, you know, like you guys used to run the Scottish the flags or whatever.
1: Oh
0: yeah. Oh this yeah. is crushing. Crushing.
1: And don't forget about our guy Zaki Poo. It's looking a little bleaker now, but there's always that chance. That he could end up on the actual team USA after riding for Puerto Rico for so many years.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely could happen. He's too, years he's too busy with six days. He's in the jungles of Italy or whatever, getting ready for six days. <laughs> That's true. Um, but if, if, if see, a Great Britain does
1: well or wins this thing, we have really got to start shining a light on how that yeah. Scottish election went and what they did to rig it to make sure you know they stayed part of Brit just for Wilson.
0: When I interview these guys after the races, Tommy and Dean, and I'm gonna I'm gonna bring that up. With oh, their payoffs to, or their right. threats. Uh Bto BTO dot Racer X podcast presented by Fox Racing, Uh Nations and Silly Season and some political talk and uh, and all that all wrapped into one. So uh, thanks, Weej. I appreciate it, and uh, I'll be uh, texting you and emailing you reports from Europe, Latvia, Motocross Nations. So thanks. Tweeting. you will be tweeting. Yeah, I will be tweeting uh, race using the RacerX X Twitter. So. If you get a lot of where team Canada is standing, just just know that. just know it's me doing it. There'll be <laughs> periodical updates of a random Team Canada uh, race. so
1: all right. Have all right, fun over there.
0: See ya. See
1: ya. This has been the BTOsports.com podcast show presented by Fox Racing.